Well, hey, leaders, welcome to another episode of Connections, the podcast. And today we are going to talk about bold leadership. And I had to invite someone who I feel embodies this so exceptionally well. And I invited Destiny Leahy. And Destiny is our global ministry developer for the continent of Africa. And she is a volunteer and she has done amazing, bold things in her life uh, in the name of Jesus and in the name of Mops. And so welcome Destiny to the podcast today. How are you? Oh, thank you so much, Sherry. I'm doing great. I'm honored to be here. Well, we, we just love the work that you are doing around the world. And I have the um, awesome privilege of partnering with you and working with you and talking to you every month. And I'm just amazed at the stories that God is uh, putting together around the world and especially in Africa right now. And so I want to just kind of roll it back and I want you to tell us, we're going to talk about being bold, but I think it's important for people to know uh, that you're a mom. And that you are, um, what I would say, like, when we think about like doing bold things, sometimes we think, oh, well, we're just not, we haven't been gifted enough, or we don't have this talent, or we don't have this much money. And, and really, it has nothing to do with that. I would say that, you know, you and I are average people who live in the world and just want to show up in a big way for for God. And so let's start with your story. Tell us a little bit about you, about being a mom and also your mop story. And then we'll kind of go from there. So start telling us, tell us about you. Sure. Destiny. Of course. Well, I am uh, based out near Washington, DC, and I have three children. Uh, the oldest uh, just turned 11 and then 10 and eight. And um, my story with mop started when I was pregnant with my third. And I remember it was January. I was, uh, pretty alone. I had just recently moved to the area and I was having a difficult time. My oldest wasn't even yet three and I was getting ready to add another one to the mix. And I remember feeling really overwhelmed. I was sitting on my couch and I thought I need something. Uh, A friend of mine actually recommended mops. And so I Googled and reached out uh, to a local mops group and just introduced myself and said, when's your next meeting? So I started going um, really for the childcare and the free breakfast. Honestly, I uh, just needed some space and it was $5 a meeting for childcare at the time. It was great. So I went and I just I just took what I could from that meeting and went home and tried to be a good mama. Uh, my mom actually passed away within three months of going to that mops group. And that mm. group really stood with me during that that time of being seven months pregnant, losing my mom. And I, um, well, I just, I took in what I could. I, I went for the second year and I remember that year's uh, theme was be you bravely. And wow, that just stuck with me. It, it was like God was speaking right, right to me at that time. And uh, it wasn't too long after that before a, a leader actually asked me if I was interested in doing leadership as well. And I'm not sure I would have stepped into that without her. And I did. I started as a discussion group leader. I didn't feel particularly equipped for that role, but I thought I would give back to what the group had given me. And I got to go to MomCon and I just slowly stepped through that the leadership chain in my group. We had a really uh, strong, 
pastoral team who supported Mops at my church. And um, it was just a great community. I started feeling like I belonged in that community, in that church. I actually didn't even attend that church um, until I became coordinator. I actually switched churches um, and really just became, we, we became established really as a family at that point. And so I started leading that group and um, really, Mops just poured into me and spoke into my life so strongly. Um, it really did help me get through those really hard years of uh, of being a, a young mom. Um, helped me actually start homeschooling, giving me the courage to homeschool. A number of uh, moms in that group were also doing it, and they really spoke into my life as moms and mentor moms. So that's my that's my U.S. Mop story. Mm, that's beautiful. I. I want to backtrack and say, I think your first bold move with MOPS was that you reached out. Uh, so often yes. we will hear, because I, I have a very similar MOP story, kind of working up through the ranks, right, of the local church and, and all mm -hmm. of that. But what I found to be interesting is it, it takes boldness to reach out and say, hey, I'm lonely. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you got for me? And then you showed mm -hmm. up. Um, similar on the similar side of things, I think it's also a bold move to show up because so often as women, we feel like a failure if we don't, hey, I've got this mom thing under control and it's all going well. And we feel like we have to have it all together all the time uh -huh. and be this Pinterest, perfect, adorable mom with beautifully behaved children and all the things. <laughs> and when you show up to mops, we, you get this real quick, like, oh gosh, everyone's struggling just like me. And it's this camaraderie at first, but I think it's bold to just reach out and either invite yourself or, mm -hmm. or accept the invitation uh, because it is that first bold move. So, so you get invited, you get to be part of leadership and you're working your way through, you start to homeschool, you start to feel really connected in your church, which is all fabulous. Yes. So now I'm curious. How did you uh, start to get involved in like the global side of things? Like what was, what was like the spark for that? Right. I would say uh, it wasn't too long after my son was born that first six months, eight months, total fog. I don't think he slept more than 10 minutes that first oh. eight months of his life. And I, but as I was coming out of that, I remember talking to a friend and really feeling like God was calling me. I, I, I thought, you know, I think we're done having kids now. I feel like God's calling me to something and I don't know what it is. And she just suggested, I just pray, you know, God, I'm here. How can you use me? And so I did, I, I started praying that. And, you know, God takes the time he needs to answer those and he prepares us for, for what that's going to look like. And so I would say it was maybe two years later, I was a coordinator in the group. I was at MomCon and I met, uh, well, I, I think I realized for the first time that MOPS was an international organization, despite its name, you know, sometimes that, that gets passed over and it did in my head. And so I remember hearing there was gonna be a global breakfast and I thought MOPS is global. Like I have to be, I have to know more. And that's uh, when I stepped into that global breakfast, I remember hearing you for the first time and, and meeting Monica. And there was actually a, a number of global leaders in the room. And one of them, her, the back of her shirt, you know, we all have these cute shirts at MomCon and yeah. her said, her said Mops Kenya. And I thought, wow, somebody came all the way from Kenya to be at this Mops, Mops conference. This is amazing. So I intended to go meet her 
And we met, we hit it off right away. And the reason for that particular connection for me is because my my church actually has a partner church in Kenya. And so mm-hmm. the name I hadn't yet been on a mission trip with my church. I had heard about it uh, and I thought maybe that could be something in my future. So I thought, well, maybe we could establish uh, a friendship, a partnership with Mops Kenya in the meantime and, and see where that leads. And so we got to know each other. It was, I remember on the airport going home from MomCon, I remember for the first time downloading WhatsApp and (laughs) not really knowing the the program well, but that was how she communicated. And we just really got to know each other well over that next 14 months or so. And I would Skype into the MOPS meetings that she was holding. And we just learned about each other's families. I got to know some of the other leadership. And as is the African way, I was invited almost immediately to come visit. And, you know, my son was maybe three at the time, my youngest. And I just, I was homeschooling. I had these kids at home. And, but it just, God worked out that timing for me to be able to go over with my church group on their missions trip and then take a couple of extra days aside to really get to meet in person these women that I had only known over Skype. And so that was, I really, God began really working in my life at that point to just get me involved in the global in the global side of things. And I had such a positive, though interesting experiences on that first, my very first missions trip uh, ever was, was into Kenya for a week or 10 days with my church group and then staying by myself in Africa for for three days because I just really felt like God wanted me to to get more involved with with at the time not very many African groups. I just felt like they needed some encouragement and a little bit of training and making sure they were doing the same mission and vision that that mops all over the world was doing. Um, So that was my that was my first trip into Kenya. Oh, wow. Okay, so first of all, let's just keep saying like, these are bold moves, friend. I'm not sure that because this is just who you are and your life that you necessarily think they're bold, but not a lot of people I know would be willing to, first of all, just reach out to someone from a different country. And secondly, like accept the friendship of what that looks like uh, to get involved with someone from a different country. My story is similar. Those of you who've heard it with Monica, Um, that we just exchanged information and started out just emailing. And then Skype was the best uh, mode of like communication at the time and Skyping and just learning and asking questions and praying. And when people always ask me like, what do I do? I think the first step is just have a willing heart. And you prayed this bold prayer. And I'm going to be honest with you. I too prayed that prayer, but it It was a little, I'm not sure, but I've always been like, Ooh, I shouldn't have prayed that because I prayed one time, God used me in a mighty way. Mm -hmm. And I, it was all nice and tidy in my brain, like Mm -hmm. use me in a mighty way. And I thought that meant I'm going to be, you know, speaking and writing more and traveling and doing these things. And after I had prayed that prayer, you know, there were some really difficult hardships in my life and um, cancer and some other, you know, crazy things in my family. And I thought, Oh, this is like using me in a mighty way, because now my story is something that is hard and I can share with other people. And when you step into a global arena, you realize how hard these stories are. And so I think your prayer was a very bold prayer. 
Um, and I, I think that you staying on in Africa and being willing to like put yourself out there, that was also very bold. Um, before you, you move on in your story, I want to acknowledge something that I think is super important for all of us, that this boldness that we're talking about today, it's not like, oh, look at Destiny. She's a bold woman. You know, we tend to be like, oh, these girls are like, you know, amazing people. And yes, you are. And yes, we've got to do amazing things, but the boldness doesn't come from like who you are necessarily it comes from, and your strength and your resource comes from praying that prayer and then how God's strength gives you. So could, could you kind right. of like go into that for us a little bit? Cause I don't want anyone to yeah. think they have to be bold and hop on a plane to Kenya. That's not what we're asking them to do. Um, the boldness comes from leaning into God's strength and God's boldness. So I'd love for you to talk about that for a minute. Yeah, of course. I, uh, when I was thinking about boldness, I was thinking that, uh, you know, bold leadership, it really comes from a confidence in your relationship with Jesus. I think sometimes you don't even know you're being bold until God kind of puts you in the situation that you you're really relying on him. Um, I would say my trip to Kenya was almost more out of naivety than boldness. I didn't really quite know what I was getting into it. To me, it was an adventure and I was getting away from my kids for a couple of weeks. But no, you can be bold, you know, in your house, teaching your children really difficult things. And you can be bold having a hard conversation with a friend. Uh, you can be bold halfway across the world. I think the the boldness is really living into your purpose that Jesus has for you and being willing to not just have big ideas and big visions, but being willing to take that step out of that boat. And that boat for everybody looks different. Everybody's boat, you know, that that boldness of going and sitting at that mops table for the first time with a bunch of women I had never met, quite honestly, for me, was bolder, a, a more intentional, bold move than me accidentally finding myself in the middle of Kenya. <laughs> I think we each, you know, God gives us these, these, these um, personality traits that might not, what bold looks like to somebody doesn't necessarily look like somebody else's boldness or their fears or, or concerns. And I, I would say I tend to be nervous about meeting new people or nervous about sitting in an uncomfortable situation with people around me more so than hopping on a plane, which to me is just my adventurous spirit. And so I think sometimes you don't, you don't, you will, you never want to compare what somebody else might be going through because I think you know, God's equipping all of us differently for the adventure that he has for us in our life. And um, just constant encouragement for those around you, the sisters in Christ around you who who might be stepping out into something that you really don't understand yourself because of your own experiences or their own background that um, mm -hmm. I think we just have appreciation for what each each other is going through. And people have expressed um, concern for me when I travel or or how do you do it? And that's, to me, I just feel like God gave me that adventurous spirit that I don't, um, I, that I think, but he didn't give me the adventurous spirit of showing up in a big, large group of people and and meeting new friends. And so I, I think we each are kind of walking our own journey in that and just being confident that God prepared you for what he has for you um, in that next step forward. And that each step you take in God uh, is preparing you for that 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 next uh, adventure he has for you.
Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love what you just said. I want to just kind of backtrack for just a second. Your boldness uh, doesn't feel sometimes bold to you because that's just how God wired you versus if I'm doing something, you might be like, I can't, I could never do that. And right. that doesn't feel bold to me. I have a, a really dear friend who she says, if she has to give a presentation at work in front of three people, she literally gets hives up her neck and she does, she like turns bright red. And she said, she's just panicked to speak to the five people that she actually eats lunch with every day. But when she has Absolutely. to speak about like business to them, it makes her a nervous wreck. So she never can understand. She's like, you're speaking to several thousand people that doesn't scare you. And I'm like, no. And, and I don't know why, but that doesn't feel like that's <laughs> right. being bold to me, but right. there's other things in my life that don't bother her at all, but it gives me a stomach ache to think, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. So I love what you just said. Let's not compare our like quote unquote boldness. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean uh, you're not bold if you don't hop on a plane to Africa. So I just wanted to set all of that um, out there for people to know that your boldness uh, can look different and that boldness isn't really about your own strength. It's about relying Absolutely. on the Lord. So that was, that was beautiful. Thank you. Let's, um, let's talk about some of these bold adventures though, that you have had and tell me, um, so you go to Kenya for the first time and you stay, um, mm-hmm. what was that like? And here you're away from your family. You've just left your church group. They went home mm-hmm. without you. Yeah. Um, and now you're sitting in the middle of Kenya. Tell me about that. And quite literally the middle of Kenya. I, I actually left the capital city and I got on a plane and we went with a MOPS leader uh, from from Nairobi, the one I had been friends with for, for now almost a year and a half. And then actually a leader from Zambia, my very good friend, Favor. And we hopped on a plane and went literally out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm not sure why I agreed to this, but, but we hopped on that plane. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to sugarcoat this. It wasn't very long. Um, we got off the plane, we got into a hired car and it was a two hour trip into the middle of the bush. And it was not long into that car ride, maybe 20 minutes. I actually started crying. I mean, not like I'm a little nervous. I mean, ugly tear crying uh, to the point where this leader who from Kenya is like, you flew all the way from America and you're sitting in the back of my car crying. Um, I just, I felt like, God, why did you put me here? I don't, I don't necessarily feel safe. I don't know where we're going. I look different. I I can't speak the language. I mean, by now nobody's speaking English out where we're going. And I really, um, that was a big turning point, I think, in my life because I had no one to rely on, just me and God. And turns out a favor from Zambia who then started, actually God put her there as my angel to sing uh, sing songs over me. She started singing and praying and, you know, favor from Zambia had never been to Kenya either. So she might look a little more like the people we were with, but that doesn't mean she knew the language or the culture. Right. And she still in, in her strength and God was able to give me the strength I needed to, to just keep going. And it was a long two days in, in the middle of nowhere, Kenya. I, I won't lie. It was, I was hungry. I was, 
couldn't eat it, find anything that I was willing to eat because I, I'm just a really picky eater. Um, I couldn't find anything to eat. A favor offered to sleep with me in my bed, but I said I would be okay in the one next to her. And, um, and well, God just managed to, to keep us safe. We got back to Nairobi um, before I was able to fly out. And, and it was, it was a very unique experience. And I think that was probably one of the most extreme experiences I've had in my trips over with Mops Africa. But I think God needed me to go through that in order to trust him enough for some other difficult situations I've had in my traveling. Because if God got me through that, I feel like he is going to get me through through anything. Um, we had, were in such a rural area that even the national language in Kenya, which is Swahili, wasn't spoken there. So everything I, everything I spoke, everything I trained this, this conference out in the middle of Kenya for MOPS with, it actually had to be double translated um, mm -hmm. in order for the local people to understand me. And I, but being there, it gave me such an appreciation for what MOPS needs to do to reach a million moms. I, I love mm. that vision. I love that there are 2 billion plus moms around the world and we want to reach a million of them. And when I looked at these women's eyes in the, these women who quite honestly didn't know what they were going to eat for dinner that night, um, when I looked into their eyes and saw that, saw their little kids clinging to their legs, honestly quite scared of me because they had never seen anyone <laughs> quite like me before and realizing that these moms just want the best thing for their kids, just like I do. And I pulled out my phone, I showed them little pictures of my family back at home and their eyes got really big. And I think for the first time, both of us, both sides of the picture there realized this world is so much bigger than me and my little family at home. And there are so many more people, sisters in Christ that are, just want the best for their their family and how can mops how can mops reach every single one of those moms and that experience really helped me um, for my vision for what for what I felt like now I had a, a piece I had I, now I had the role um, to really maybe help these moms more than I could have back from you know my WhatsApp at home in Maryland. Oh, I love that. And the bold thinking that comes from that. I have a similar experience of showing my phone to this young mom in Guatemala in a very mm -hmm. impoverished area where we were sitting in the dirt, basically. And um, she threw a translator because I don't speak enough Spanish well to like make sense. Like I can pick mm -hmm. up some things, but um, she was asking me about my family and I was showing her pictures and I remember thinking a very similar thought, like this world is so big compared to my little corner of it in Denver, Colorado, but yet I'm sitting in the dirt with this other mom who loves her son as much as I love my sons, who wants what's best for him, whose big brown eyes were holding onto her hand, just like my son with big blue eyes was holding onto my hand before I left for the airport. And so, and at the same time, the world felt so big and yet it felt so small because we shared that same connection and the boldness of what MOPS is trying to do in reaching a million moms. It's not just this like, oh, we're, we're so excited. We want to grab this number. We know mm -hmm. that each number 
represents a family. Each number represents that mom that you're staring in her eye that has the same desire and the same need to know Jesus personally and the same love for her kids that you share. So it's this acknowledgement. And this is what I hope everyone listening today knows that they're part of something that is so much bigger than themselves. And that it's so much bigger than just the corner of the world where they sit, but yet it's so much smaller in the connection that we actually have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, and I think back to that time sitting in Kenya and then I, I being with these moms and then I, I thinking back to my time sitting on the couch, being so alone and so tired and overwhelmed with motherhood and that dichotomy, that, that difference. And yet, and they, yet God can use all of us, no matter where we are, right. And our little, in our little space, wherever that little space, wherever he plants us um, to just make a difference in our families and in those families um, across the world. It was just a beautiful picture for me of where God can bring us when we really lean in and trust him. Um, It, I was just, overwhelmed in Kenya, but so grateful that he was allowing me to have this experience, um, allowing me to be used by him to bless these other moms in Kenya was, I was just, just grateful when I stopped crying. When I stopped crying, I became, (laughs) I became grateful and looking back on that experience. I mean, I can't even say I was bold in that moment because I was a mess, but I think God can still use us in our messes mm-hmm. uh, in order to, he, he gives us the boldness needed. I mean, I could have just sat in that car and said, I'm not, I'm not getting out. I'm not going to talk to these people. I don't know them. I can't understand them. But, you know, one step, one step at a time, one step further until, you know, I was able to share that vision of mops. I was able to make sure that those moms knew that we had moms praying for them back in America, that they were part of something bigger than themselves. And um, it just gave them that hope and inspiration and the growth we've seen just from being able to communicate the vision of mops in Africa has been amazing, amazing to watch God work. Oh, it really has. I would love, first of all, Um, because I know you and I know favor and I know the sweet, sweet friendship that you all share. And um, it makes so much sense to know that like God placed her in your life at that time. And just to see the sweetness of, of watching that friendship grow and how much we just all love favor so much. She was just at (laughs) MomCon with us. And every time I get to uh, spend any time with her, I always just feel like I get to be a part, a little piece of heaven rests in her heart. And so she's an amazing leader. I, so let's fast forward. You go to Kenya, you're scared to death. You're crying. You're thinking, what in the world am I doing? (laughs) And I don't know this lady who's singing over me and wants to share a bed with me. And now like how many years ago was that? Oh, four, a little, four and a half years ago. Okay. Now let's talk about because you were faithful. And like you said, you didn't even see yourself as being bold in that, but you, you leaned into God's boldness for you. Mm -hmm. Now, fast forward, share with everybody, like what does Mops Africa look like now? Right. Well, at, at the time I went in Kenya, I think there were a scattering of groups in Kenya, a couple in um, Uganda, one or two in South Africa. In total, at the beginning of 2017, we had 30 groups in seven countries. And that's really when I began to lean more into um, 
how can I help? How can God use me just across Africa? This this is bigger than Kenya. What can we do here? And and then being being given the privilege of helping to oversee Mops Africa now, four years later, 210 groups in 20 countries. And it's just been incredible to watch the the need and the scope of what Mops can do in Africa or and around the world. I mean, just being a part of the global team and watching what's happening around the whole world um, when we just really lean into what God might have in store for MOPS in the international part of the organization. But you have sevenfold growth in four years and um, and it's these leaders just loving what we're doing with MOPS. This vision of, of and, and them, I mean, they put my boldness to shame. It's amazing to watch. Um, what they're willing to do for their communities to reach the Moms for Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I had the privilege of starting on staff four years ago. And when I was putting together my team, I, I was like, all right, I need to find these people who who really understand the vision of what we're wanting to do. And I remember having, um, I think, just a snack with you at MomCon. Like we were both trying to just mm-hmm. find a place where we could meet in this very crowded uh, lunch space. And I remember going, oh yeah, she, she's going to be one of the people and just praying these bold prayers of like, God, show us what you want us to do, lead us where you want us to be. And then how we've all had to just really hold hands and step into that because at times like we're just, we're trying to get funding and we're trying to get, you know, curriculum translated in all these different things. And, um, I'm just overwhelmed by his goodness and by the growth that we've experienced in the last four years, going from being in 34 countries to now 71 countries is Mm -hmm. like phenomenal and so much growth in Africa to know that out of the 71 countries, 20 of them are on the African continent. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is amazing. And you're right. When we watch these leaders who spend their own money to go to an internet cafe so they can hear what you have to say, destiny, or Mm -hmm. that they're walking by foot and they're helping in the pandemic. We've seen mops show up in the world, like, oh my goodness, in such big ways to really lead communities around the world. So, um, and a couple of times, even seeing like, these leaders are handwriting translations um, in order to get the curriculum into their own countries multiple leaders have had to hand write our, our curriculum in and get it to these leaders so that they can then share it with their moms and their mother tongue. It's uh, watching what they're willing to do and sacrifice for their own communities is really inspiring. It really is. And I, I think it has left me sometimes with, um, I, I, I find myself being irritated when, uh, if you get a, a silly complaint about something you know, in a local group, I was speaking uh, last spring uh, to this group and it was really before the pandemic hit and we had to stop doing things live. But I was standing there and having also been on church leadership forever. And this lady, as I was finished talking, she came up and in front of me complained to the coordinator that uh, she just was irritated that they didn't have creamer that, you know, that they <laughs> liked and I had had creamer complaints before in the past and I I just thought for a minute like something is going on in that person's life that the biggest complaint 
it's not about the creamer. It's probably about something mm-hmm. else, but I find myself sort of like annoyed more with that since I've been working globally, because when I think about the people who are handwriting curriculum and walking to meetings and, you know, having no food there sitting on the, on the ground, um, I, I just, I don't have a lot of tolerance for the creamer complainers. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, I think that's part of us being bold as we get to share these stories. These are not necessarily our own stories, but they're the people that God's placed in our life. Mm -hmm. And it's our job because we have a voice that we need to share these stories of these bold women around the world and these bold pastors who support them around the world. Um, And so I think that's part of the privilege that we get to do. And I love uh, that I get to do it with you. I would love to hear just a a couple more stories. Like, tell me some more, more things. Sure. Well, um, it's, it's a newer story. This, this is only maybe what, seven or eight weeks old now. I, um, a lot of plans got shifted for every single one of us in 2020, but I had, I was so excited. I had all these plans to go over to Africa, two different trips to see six different countries, countries I hadn't yet been to, countries that the leaders were just just dying to have me and or somebody from UPS come and just share and train them and get to just see face to face um, some of some of our leadership. And so I had these plans and of of course they were all, um, all shut down within some of them within weeks with the pandemic starting. And one of them was to go to Ghana and we were going to have a big conference there. Ghana started their first group in January of 2019. So this was going to be just over a year after they had started. And they were at, at the time, maybe 15 groups big at that point. And um, we had this vision. I was going to bring another leader over with me and we were going to have this conference. It was going to be great. Well, we just had to put that on pause, but it became clear as things started opening up. Ghana's in the western part of Africa. I'm in the eastern part of the U.S. D.C. opened up nonstop flights to Ghana within a couple weeks of this conference. It just seemed like it was all going to work out. So I decided to go by myself. I didn't. I just didn't want the responsibility of, of another leader coming with me. Um, just so many difficulties of the COVID tests and quarantining. And, but I, so I took a trip over and I also brought a leader from Nigeria. I figured if I can't go to other countries, maybe I can bring a leader with, with, or to me in, in Ghana. And I just have to say, it was an incredible, incredible experience. First of all, so welcoming. I had never been to West Africa before. So all my experiences were in East Africa, but it was, I was so warmly welcome. And I was just in awe of what these leaders were doing. It was um, by the time I got there now, 15 months later than I had originally planned, uh, God started 41 MOPS groups in Ghana, an incredible amount. And these leaders, they were just trekking out to various uh, towns and cities uh, outside of the capital and just saying, you wanna know about MOPS? I'll talk to you about it. And starting these, these groups. It's uh, and and then so I got to meet um, not only the leadership in in across uh, Ghana, but then the leader from Nigeria. And 
we just had a fantastic time. Um, they have strong church support. They had a beautiful conference. I told them they were the only other MOPS conference in 2021. They were so excited to hear that. And there was singing and dancing and, but real, um, the real vision of MOPS, it just brought so much joy to my heart that these leaders that God had placed there, they, it wasn't pseudo MOPS, it wasn't a mom's group or a Bible study, they were doing MOPS and, and really just encouraging and equipping these moms for Jesus. And it was um, a, a wonderful experience. I had a little bit of difficulty getting out of Ghana. Uh, the, the government there didn't quite want to let me leave when I thought it was time to leave. And we had to reroute flights for both me and our Nigeria leader and take more COVID tests than I ever wanted to take. Um, but God, God oversaw that. It was definitely another kind of a trusting experience, mm-hmm. tired and hungry and just wanting to get out of the airport. Um, but it was... I was grateful because it had been a long year without being able to to travel and really talk to these leaders in person about MOPS. They've been doing such a great job over Zoom and I didn't really know Zoom much myself and getting to teach it to a bunch of Africans has been an adventure, but we've been doing our best to uh, to stay communicating when we can't in person these days. The pictures that were coming out um, with their matching t-shirts. So if you can picture this, they were brown and gold and then the headdresses that a lot of these women would wear it's so colorful and they were leading worship in their um native language and just had me in tears every day i couldn't wait to you know hop on facebook and see what you guys were doing it was amazing and you had the first lady of ghana there and just being honored as like this honored guest that's bringing this ministry to help communities um has to just be an overwhelming experience. Yes, it, it is. It's it's a privilege to be able to be kind of the representative for MOPS over in the US and, and share the greetings and the encouragement and and just training, basic, basic training that we take for granted here in the US. You just hop on and listen to a video or see Sherry Crandall and, and get to really um, feel a part of MOPS. Sometimes we take that for granted. We have some countries in Africa, um, in Mali and South Sudan, some of the most dangerous countries in the world, and they have one single MOPS group there, and they're surrounded by by danger and, and quite literal gunfire and not knowing where, you know, they're, they're, if their kids aren't going to school there, it is, it's such a different experience than I'm even, um, than I've ever had. And, and to know that MOPS is still happening there. And, and so the things that we take for granted in the U.S., I think sometimes seeing it in person, um, knowing these leaders personally, knowing they have families and kids and wants and needs and, knowing how privileged I think we are to be able to do this, but it's such a joy for me to be able to go and share in person and let them see that they're a part of something that's that's so much bigger. And yes, uh, I wanted to mention when I got to Ghana, one of the very first things, this happens almost everywhere I go, one of the first things they did was take a measuring tape and measured me for a skirt because we were all going to have matching skirts at MomCon Ghana. <laughs> and so every time I come home, my husband's like, you have another skirt. I said, I do. <laughs> and all of my skirts have a story to them because they're all oh. from another African country. That's amazing. And you do, you wore a one at, at MomCon this year. And I'm just always blown away by um, the artistry and the gifting, the generosity of people who don't 
necessarily have a lot to tangibly give, mm-hmm. but yet they give so freely and so beautifully. And, um, and that's a bold move of faith on their part as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think for me, watching our African leaders, um, step into the training, like I've loved, I got to help you a couple months ago with the training and just to show up and the excitement on their faces and their willingness to like take notes and lean in and listen. And, and it was a bold move for them to, to be able to show up and sometimes pay for their own internet time or whatever that looks like. I'm inspired by their boldness. Um, and that helps me, I think, be a more bold leader. So um, I think we have time for one more story and then um, we'll wrap it up. Sure. I, I guess the next one that comes to mind would be my trip to Rwanda. Um, I was kind of invited there. A friend of, of Sherry and Mandy's has a school and we didn't have any MOPS groups in Rwanda. And um, they thought it would be great for us to come in and, and try and see what would happen. So actually Favor and, and I, I invited Favor um, to come with me. We flew into Rwanda, we met there. And we just said, you know, moms in the community, if you're interested, come and we'll talk to you more about uh, our ministry. And we had oh, 185 women show up that day and we got to run a MOPS meeting. We got to tell them about MOPS. Um, we got to talk to them about Jesus. We got to just really um, pour into this community that MOPS wasn't a part of yet. And the next, we invited back the next day, anybody who not, wasn't just interested, but thought maybe I could lead a group like this. And so then the next day we had a leadership training and really talked to them about the curriculum. Um, we were able to, we were so blessed to get funding in order before we got there to get the curriculum translated into their local language. So I could actually hand them a curriculum and just watching the faces of these women who received this curriculum in their own language um, and then decide, all of them decide, yes, I want to be bold and I want to take a risk and start a MOPS group. And then um, we even had one, there was only one woman in the whole group who spoke English, spoke English comfortably enough that she was confident in communicating with me. And and we started talking and I said, will you be my contact? Are you, are you okay with this? And she's now the country coordinator of Rwanda. <laughs> she sometimes doesn't know if she's going to feed her own kids that night, but she is ready to hop on a bus and go to the northern province or the eastern province. There's now 27 MOPS groups in Rwanda. Um, And it's, you know, it's this beautiful risk that I took and Favor took and Stephanie from Rwanda took and that Sherry and Mandy took in, in letting us go to this school. I mean, it's just, it's leaning in, I think, to God's plan. And not all of these stories, not all of my stories look, have these happy endings. I mean, it doesn't always go smoothly. There's difficulty working cross-culturally. There's difficulty working with other languages or other cultures. Um, but, but it's, I'm never, I'm never disappointed in watching what God is going to do. And just that anticipation of knowing he's in control. Uh, this is going to work out in his way. I didn't get to go to all of these countries in, in Africa in 2020, but I have full confidence that when I do get to go, it's going to be just as awesome as that delayed trip to Ghana. And it's, that's what brings me so much joy and fulfillment in doing what I get to do with Bops and being bold in that, in that confidence in Jesus. It's just a joy for me. 
Well, I love you, friend, and I am just so thankful that you are on our global team. I'm so thankful for your uh, boldness to listen to what uh, God's telling you and leading you to do, and just so thankful that we that we love and serve a God who's so much bigger than any of our dreams we could possibly imagine on our own. And so if you have loved listening to these stories, I would encourage you guys to just join us on the MOPS Global Sisterhood page. We would love to share with you more stories. Like every week we have really cool people hopping on there, sharing from their life and from their MOPS group. And then if you or your uh, local MOPS group in the U.S. would be interested in partnering with a global group, if you want to email us at globalsisterhood at mops.org. Uh, I will personally receive those emails and then we will filter them out and connect you to the, the correct global ministry developer because the more that we grow around the world, the more we really need these sisterhood partnerships to help us uh, be bold in the calling uh, that we all have on our life to help reach a million moms for Jesus. So thank you so much, Destiny, for uh, just talking with us today and sharing from your life story and um, it's really been a treat. I've loved having you so much. So thanks for being well, thank here. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. Well, this is a fun time to share uh, being bold, what it looks like around the world in your personal life, and most importantly, what it looks like to follow Jesus. So thank you for joining us today on Connections, the podcast.